It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Here's Emmy Award winner, Homer. The best 60 minutes of your day. Even the day when I had a colonoscopy earlier this morning. The second one, that's how old I am. It didn't seem as bad. I I, uh, mentioned KBN. I'd like to thank my son-in-law who says drink water at room temperature. So when they give you the stuff you have to drink, it is tough. It's a lot easier, room temperature. Everything went well, I guess. Because you don't know for sure, but you know pretty well. Um, so however anybody tells you how bad it is, it's it's not that bad. Um, it's not easy, but it's just not that bad. All right, Rain Man, 1-800-990-3776. Caller number five. Caller number five. Uh, Pebble, what's our, uh, are we at six? Seven. Seven. Steve has seven correct answers. You should know that. That's right. I got it right here on the last one. Steve at seven has the most. You can win cousin subs for a year if you win the competition, which goes the first one of the year until the end of June, and you automatically get a $25 gift card from Cousin Subs. Caller 5, 1-800-990-3776. Caller 5, you will be the contestant in Rain Man. Um, then we'll, we always judge to see how good you are based on how well Pebble does. He's usually, he'd be the winner of probably every contest. He's always somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or so. Jason Wilde will then be on to give us the latest on the Packers. TVV, Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports as well. Um, this will get into the defense uh, of the Green Bay Packers. As to 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three, um, it's easier to follow that stuff because of all the different things available online. 1-800-990-3776. Caller number 5. Caller number 5. For Rain Man, Rain Man is again brought to you by Cousin Subs as the great partner with the Cousin Subs for a year if you win the contest. And uh, Rick, I believe our contestant today, automatically, even if he sucks, gets a $25 gift card from Cousin Subs. And our other great partner, Saganiac Planning. And they've changed, or actually I've changed, because I never gave them their credit for how long they've been doing it so well. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service, and they can do that. Because they've been doing it well for over 50 years. So that's how I should have described them. And that's how I will now forever. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service. That good, that well, because they've been doing it well for over 50 years. Saganiac Planning, phone number you can remember. All you got to remember is 783-262-783. Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. That number again, 262-783-6161. Joining us now is Rick in Brookfield. Uh, Rick, good afternoon. And your resume, please, on Rain Man. Uh, I have played once before, and I believe I got seven. Oh, all right. Yeah. So yeah, I was okay. You're, yeah, a seven is pretty good. Well, a seven, think, uh, seven would actually tie our leader right that's now. That's right. So. The first question okay. is the Big Papa Saganiac Planning Marquette trivia question. You ready to go, Rick? Uh, let's do it. Three, two, one, go. What team beat Marquette in the NCAA tournament last season? 
North Carolina. Incorrect. Name a Packer Super Bowl MVP. Desmond Howard. Correct. Name another Packer Super Bowl MVP. Bart Starr. Correct. How old is Doc Rivers within two years? 58. Incorrect. 1989, what Packer player was second to Joe Montana as NFL MVP? Don Mikowski. Correct. How many NBA titles for Doc Rivers as a player? Player zero. Correct. How many NBA titles for Doc Rivers as a head coach? One. Correct. LeBron James, number one NBA all-time career scoring. What current player is number 25? Damian Lillard. Incorrect. Story that a University of Georgia quarterback just bought a car worth how much within $50,000? $250,000. That is correct. The only head coach to have a 2-2 two and two record in four Super Bowls. Andy Reid. Correct. How many Super Bowls did Bill Belichick lose? Three. Correct. Name a coach to lose four Super Bowls. Bud Grant. Correct. Bucks record with Doc Rivers as head coach. One and four. Correct. What was Griffin, Adrian Griffin's record as head coach? 30 and 13. Correct. What person had a colonoscopy earlier today? Homer. Correct. I think you got went through them all, right? I think he also got seven in a row. Eight, nine. I got, I got 12. I have 12 as well. <laughs> Either I make the questions easier or what would you say, Pebble? This baby is over. Pretty much, yeah. Were they too easy, Pebble? No, they weren't too easy at all. No. Rick just nailed them. Uh, and hey, I, prob- got on, I got on a roll, guys. Got on a roll. What was team? feeling good and everything was rolling. Yes. And 12 is as good yeah. as we probably ever had. What team beat Marquette in the NCAA tournament last season? Michigan State. Michigan State. Name a Packer Super Bowl MVP. You mentioned Desmond Howard, correct? Uh, which one did he mention other than that? Was it Bart Starr? Oh, Bart Starr, yeah. And the third one Aaron would be Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. How old is Doc Rivers? 62, I think. He is 62. Those are only the two that you missed. Uh, Don Mikowski, it helps that uh, Rick listens to the show, MVP. Doc Rivers, none as a player, one as a coach with Boston. LeBron James, number one NBA all-time scoring leader career. What current player is number 25? Russell Westbrook? Uh, James Harden. That's supposed to be a tough one. And this was impressive. Story that a University of Georgia quarterback just bought a car worth how much? $300,000. Yep, a Lamborghini. Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, you lose in the conference championship game and you I don't, get a uh, Lamborghini instead. Do you know who the uh, who that quarterback is? Yeah, or? it's uh, Kyle Beck. He's All the right. uh, quarterback for Georgia. So has there been anybody to dispute whether that's accurate? or No, that's, that's what I saw. So do we have any idea what his NIL money is or we just assume it's? I just assume it's pretty big. Pretty big. Yes, Andy Reid is the only head coach to have a 2-2 two and two record in four Super Bowls. Bill Belichick, 6-3. and three. Coach to lose four Super Bowls. Don Shula, Bud Grant, which you guessed, Marv Levy, and Dan Reeves. Man, you had the Bucks record down. Doc Rivers is a head coach, one and four. I thought I didn't think anybody get these exact. What was Adrian Griffin's record as a head coach? Thirty and thirteen. And yes, I had a colonoscopy earlier today, about eleven a.m. Everything's fine. 
Is it officially, is it over, Pebble, or... Uh, I would think so. <laughs> but we can't say it's over. We can't say it's over, no. Are we going to have trouble? Yeah, well, we, Are we going yeah, to have trouble getting contestants? No, because someone's going to uh, try and beat it, obviously, so we're not going to have trouble getting contestants, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, but I would also, Pebble, I think I'm, I, I automatically have to make the questions easier, right? Don't I? You would think, yeah, you don't have but to. But that's no. not fair to Rick. No, of course not. No, it's not. <laughs> but so then we probably shouldn't tell Rick. I don't know, 12. We've never had, uh, we have to talk to Cousin Subs. Maybe we just, if you get 12 or better, you automatically win. Uh, we can't do that because yeah, that's a violation, get, a violation of the rules, rules right? Yep, yep. Uh, WisconsinContest.com. All right, well, Rick has created the problem because he did so well. He set the bar. He has set the bar. The bar oh, is you got to yeah. be able to swim to the moon, and that's a pretty high bar. All right, Rick with 12, congratulations. If I were Rick, uh, I'd start checking out the menu at Cousin cousins? Subs on a regular yeah. basis okay. to decide how I'm going to spend my Cousin Subs for a year. Well done. All right, thank you. You bet. Pebble, this, this creates issues, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Not, not too much, I don't think. I don't think I can make... Did you think they were that easy or not? No, they were hard still, yeah. I mean, he, he got those records right on the money, too. I thought it was 1-5 and five for Doc Rivers. Yeah. I knew the Griffin one was 30-13. and 30-13 13. 30 and 13 versus 1-4. and four. Uh, All right. Uh, 12 it is. Rick, I think that... Isn't that close to an all-time record? Uh, as far as I can remember, yeah. I think somebody's had 11, but I don't think it's had, they've had 12 before. And... Uh, and he missed Marquette against Michigan State. All right, congratulations, Rick. It's 12, and I can't change anything because that would be a violation of the rules, right? Right, ESPNWisconsinContest.com. I guess I just hope that people will continue to call in to get the free $25 gift card. That's also an incentive as well, yes. Because if I'm I'm just average homer, I'm going, I don't, I don't know if I don't think I can do 12. Yeah, so. we got competitors out though in the audience home. They want to try and beat that. They want to try to oh, beat yeah. that. We know this. Rick's not going to be playing for a while. It is Wednesday. That means Jason Wildy next. Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports, also to come. Jason Wildy, as stated, next. Don't call me, darling. Jason Woody coming up on the Green Bay Packers. I've said earlier this week I was uh, thinking the Kansas City would win. He still thinks they will, but um, if you root for an underdog, I think you'd have to root for Brock Purdy, um, given expectations of him. And then you got Mahomes has already got it. The Purdy, it's like I think it's. Maybe similar to Eli Manning going against the Patriots and Tom Brady. Uh, Eli Manning's career is basically uh, the greatness of it, the two Super Bowl wins over the Patriots. And if Purdy can lead the uh, 49ers to win over the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think anybody's going to say, hey, yeah, but they were the favorite. No, they're going to, it's going to elevate him to uh, an even higher level than it, than it already exists. Because of the ability to uh, go head to get against uh, Mahomes and win, but everything's important only as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. I may have violated that rule. Everybody needs information about the Packers from Jason Wildy, and that's going to happen right now. Good evening, Jason. 
How early did you go to break to get to me that I missed the call? Well, the, you're never early. Well, because the first session we do Rain Man and we had an all time best ever 12. So there wasn't much discussion about uh, the mixed quest, missed questions and things like that. Um, I was just finishing dinner and so, I realized that I had missed your call. So sorry. No, no one, no one. See, this is the other thing, Jason, that I've tried to coach you. No one knows that you missed. Sure they do, because did you play my music and then I wasn't on right away? Uh, I don't know how I was, uh, Jay, uh, how did you have No, we did not play his music, we just played uh, Homer played Dr. Duke coming Dr. back Duke, here. And, and then, then I talked a little right bit away, about so. uh, Purdy versus Mahomes, and and then uh, mm-hmm. then we go to Jason Woolley. So, um, as uh, I never tell anybody where you are or uh, uh, other, other particulars, everybody thought you were right on time. They thought, yeah, Jason, he's ready to go, like no. usual. No. So, so now what do you we want know. to talk about? Because blog is not here till tomorrow, so you actually have to ask a I question. I do, yes. I got tons of questions. All about Good. the coaching I, staff, the people answer. have been added, how much you knew. Um, I, I've never given much attention to, well, do you play the 3-4 or the 4-3? Um, so yeah. of all that's taken place, what... No, what? How do you want to best explain to people what's going on? The the uh, one coach is crazy guy, right? All right. So I think if if we're gonna power rank the things that are most important, perfectly. I think said. first of yeah. all, I think I gotta, I'm gonna steal it. Okay. Well, we'll let's start at the bottom. Uh, you know, they they obviously are leaving the offensive staff intact, other than adding. Sean Mannion, who uh, was on the Seahawks practice squad at the end of the season and has decided to retire and go straight into coaching, and Matt LaFleur has created a spot for him. Now, uh, I I do know that because he thinks – apparently everybody thinks that Sean Mannion is going to be a really good head coach. I I did a piece – or someone else did a piece, I should say, um, and then I found it and reached out to my guy, John Schneider, who said that he will be a head coach in the league someday of Sean Mannion, which I thought was a pretty big statement for a guy who was uh, on the roster as a practice squad quarterback uh, after nine years in the NFL. How often so, it, can you I remember mean, people saying that about someone with at, at the at a Doug Peterson? Oh. Doug Peterson. I remember somebody said that about Doug Peterson. They were right. Uh, and at the time, Doug Peterson just wanted to coach his kids' high school football team. Uh, and obviously that then developed into him doing uh, so much more with coaching and eventually becoming a head coach and winning a Super Bowl and all that kind of good stuff. So that's, that's, that was the first thing that, you know, I thought it was interesting that Sean Mannion is, is starting this process with the Packers. Uh, at the same time, he's doing it while Tom Clements is coming back for another year. That was going to be my follow-up. If you thought the guy had a potential to be good, I'd want him to spend some time with Clements. Yeah, well, that's what he's going to do, and I, I'm guessing that this is kind of a, you know, give him an assistant quarterbacks coach or whatever his title is going to be. But what he really is is Tom Clement's understudy, so he right. can learn as much as he can and, from Tom, and then when Tom retires, he can take over. Am I correct to assume that this is an indication that it might be Clement's last year? Could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to come back or not, and when I asked Matt Lafleur about it uh, at the end of the season. He said, you know, that he he had not committed to coming back and that Tom had every right to decide what he wanted to do. And Tom decided 
come back. I, there's another guy uh, that this is reminding me of, though, and he just, I think, finished his third season as Mike McCarthy's quarterback's coach in Dallas, and that's Scott Tolzien, who has some Sean Mannion to him, it would appear. And, and frankly, you know, these guys that are backup quarterbacks, you know, they're kind of in coaching mode before they're even done being in playing mode because a lot of the backup quarterback job is going through film, going through tendencies, getting the starting quarterback information that can help him be more effective on game day while you're holding the clipboard. So Scott Tolzien kind of fits that suit as well. Now, the fact that Clemens is back is great. They're able to kind of start this kind of succession plan, if they'd like to call it that. And I think LaFleur's really excited about it. We haven't talked to LaFleur. He's not going to address the staff changes until they're totally done. So uh, he has not spoken publicly. Returned a few text messages, but that's about it on my end. Now, on defense, obviously they moved on from Jerry Montgomery. He did coach in Green Bay since 2015. That was always in a 3-4 defense. I'm certain that Jerry Montgomery could coach a three, uh, four, three instead of a three, four, but they obviously want someone else uh, who is going to, who has experience with, uh, with this system. And that's why they got Vince Ogabasi, uh, who has been with Jeff Halfley at Boston college for the past four years. So kind of like when the Lafleur moved on from James Campen as the offensive line coach it wasn't that campy wasn't a good coach it was that he wanted a guy who could run the kyle shanahan Mm -hmm. zone blocking scheme so that's how uh campy ended up out of a job uh and all these hires now kind of accelerate this explanation have all been very clear that they are building a 3-4 defense the crazy guy as you referred to him uh which look I don't know, and, and I did ask Tausch about this this morning, um, only because I'm not, I, and I'm not a player, but I'm not a huge, huge fan of wild and crazy screaming guy. Um, I think that that has some value, but I think that if you do it all the time, it loses its value. But, you know, Anthony Campanile uh, comes from a, coaching family basically New York Times did a story about how he and his dad and his three brothers are basically New Jersey football coaching royalty so he's got a a really good resume he's really well regarded had some chances for a defensive coordinator job didn't get one in this hiring cycle maybe we'll get one maybe he'll get one next year but that's a good hire at inside linebacker which I should say linebackers is going to take an adjustment for me because now it's defensive line linebackers, uh, and then really corners and safeties are coached together but separately. So the changes that they made defensively all make it very clear that this is going to be a 4-3. I, I confirmed that with Lafleur when I texted him yesterday and told him that uh, uh, I'm really excited about the 4-3. I'll never get confused about two down linemen again since he gave me grief in that press conference for that question. And he responded that, yeah, now – Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary will be classified as defensive ends all the time, as opposed to just in sub packages. So that's where they're headed. It is significant. I know you, you, you kind of said there that you didn't think it was that big of a deal. I guess it's not because of how much sub package teams play, right. now, but it's still, it's still a change and it's still a change compared to 
you know, dating back to 2009. They had been a 4-3 defense throughout the Holmgren era. They started out kind of as a 3-4 with Ray Rhodes, but they were almost exclusively a 4-3 throughout the Holmgren era, throughout the Mm -hmm. Sherman era, and for the first three years, the Mike McCarthy era. And then he hired Dom Capers, and everything changed. The difference here is I don't think that there is going to be a discernible shift in the type of players they want, whereas when Dom Capers came in in January of 2009, by April of 2009, Ted Thompson – was drafting a big run-stuffing defensive tackle to be in the middle of that three-man front. And that, of course, was B.J. Raji. Mm-hmm. And then trading back up into the first round to get an edge rusher in Clay Matthews. So he clearly drafted for a four, for a 3-4 defense. I don't think you'll see a shift in how they draft because now they're going back to a 4-3. I, I just remember, I don't know if you talked about it, it's, well, the league was going in a certain direction in terms of some impact or who the big names were in terms of the coordinators and that they did it a certain way and people were copying them. My memory... yeah, Baltimore is a four, three Baltimore is a four, three now. And, and so that, you know, I think that's been the big trend and, and Robert Sala who obviously influenced Jeff Hatley, Halfley a lot, um, also runs a, a four, three. Is there a scheme. reason but again, what the, that it's they've... not that big. Yeah, it's really, I mean, your initial statement still is true, Homer. It's not a huge deal. Like, it really, it was once upon a time. I was saying this to Chewy the other day on Jen Gabe and Chewy. Like, back back when he was playing, uh, their nickel guy was Mike Pryor, who was a slow, old, white guy safety. And he never played and, much. And, and the, they did not play a ton of nickel. Uh, and that was one of the best defenses in the league when they won the title in 96. And, and now everybody and that, plays nickel all the time, right? Yeah, it was basically what Goody said, is that it's, yeah, a, it's four, two, five. a 4 two, five league. That's yeah. what he said. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm glad he, that you brought the – because that's all I think now. Is I don't, you just got five guys back there, and those five seem to be the most important five. And how do you use – I don't know. You, you How do you use the safeties or – you really have three quarterbacks and two safeties, and then that seems to me to be the biggest part of the NFL now. Uh, and if it's not, then you can set me straight now because it seems like that. And then you no, just you need so thing. many defensive backs now. Yeah, it's a passing league. I mean, certainly they still run the football, obviously, some teams more than others. But, yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't matter if you're classified as a defensive end or an outside linebacker, if you're on the edge and they run the football, you need to set the edge. Yeah. And I would say that among the shortcomings uh, during not just the Joe Barry era, but, you know, if we're being honest, this is a team that hasn't stopped the run very well for a really long time. Yeah, they no push the, the ends out, and then you run inside them. So I, I would just say that when I – you know, look at this. Is this going to change how they are defensively? Are they going to be better against the run? Uh, you would certainly hope so. I mean, they were 28th in the league against the run last year. Mm-hmm. So for everybody, myself included, who would point to some of the stats that indicated that Joe Barry's defense wasn't god-awful, including being 10th in scoring defense, well, the run defense was awful. Yep. And while that's not always going to be the death knell for you defensively. There are certainly going to be instances where if you can't stop the run, like Philly with 363 mm-hmm. or the couple of teams early in the season that were 230 or whatever it was, 
Yeah, that's how you lose football games if you can't stop the run, and they certainly did that during that era, but also others. And then I'd also ask you, talking with Jason Woolley, that to me, the like the safeties are, you have three corners, then you have two safeties, and where do those safeties play? You can have a safety that spends so much time uh, close to the line of scrimmage or more time that that he's almost like a linebacker or... Uh, again, I just... Well, there's cert- there have been some guys that have played the position that way. I think that's an era that has kind of shifted back to you got to be a guy that can... You certainly want a guy that can hit that place safety. you got to be able to run to cover guys. He's got to be able to run right. more importantly than how... You know, because they've had, throughout the years, they've had some really big safeties, and the idea was obviously that they were going to be effective in that role, but uh, as a kind of a small linebacker, uh, it's just, you know, Oren Burks, who kind of found a niche in San Francisco this past year, um, you know, one of the one of the frustrations they had with him, he was, a, he was a college safety largely, and he wasn't able to, he wasn't fast enough to cover, and he wasn't consistent enough or physical enough to tackle, and he also wasn't healthy enough for much of his time in Green Bay. And so, you, don't, you know, he's kind of a guy without a position, right? And so I think that that, is no longer an issue because I don't think they look at these guys um, quite the same as having to be able to do both. I think you want your guys to be able to be sure tacklers at safety and certainly have a physicality to them, but you got to be able to cover more. And, you know, if you can, if, first of all, if you can figure out a way to avoid having, Oh, I don't know, Preston Smith covering Devonte Adams, that'll be a step in the right direction too. So what's the appropriate, Analysis of Savage. I mean, he's been up and down, and what he he. I yeah, don't, I don't. I don't think that. I I I don't think that the system highlighted his skill set. If you go back and look, I mean, statistically and just the eyeball test, um, he looked a heck of a lot better in Mike Patton's system than he did in Joe Barry's system. Right? I think he felt he was miscast. I think. Uh, so how was he miscast? Honestly, what, uh, I think he played too far off the line of scrimmage, okay. uh, not coverage, trying to cover too much ground, and he was not. The one thing he was not great at was he's not a great open field tackler, and he looked bad in tackling situations more than once. Right? Well, if and and look, you can't protect a guy all the time. Like if he's not a good tackler. Uh, even if the scheme prevents him from being put in bad positions frequently, there are going to be times where he's going to be in a bad spot and he's going to miss the tackle. But I felt like there were ways that they could have utilized him that would have put him in uh, fewer bad situations. Should this and help him or hurt him? I think if he comes back, it, I think it helps him. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, you know, he he still has to do it. Like. We can make all the excuses or all the explanations we want, but he's got to go out there and show that this system, if he gets the opportunity by returning, fits him better than what he endured with Joe Barry. All right, and last quick one on Quay Walker. It seems to me that he's just all over the place sometimes, but he has incredible ability. He makes some fantastic plays, but I'll accept whatever you say about the best way to use him or how they should use him. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, frankly. I mean, I, he certainly has God-given physical talent. Yeah, he's got great size, great speed. But he was not a playmaker at Georgia. 
Right. Like if you look at his stats, he didn't have interceptions. He didn't have fumbles forced. He didn't have fumble recoveries. He didn't have sacks. So he had the interception uh, in the opener in Chicago. And I, I don't know, he had a back or two maybe, and maybe had some as a rookie too. But like I thought for sure, especially after they moved him outside more frequently last year during the 2022 season when they had injuries and they lost uh, Rashawn Gary. I thought that they were going to have this, you know, kind of Swiss army knife tool who could play a bunch of different spots on defense. And he was just going to have this breakout season. And after the first game, I was thinking, Oh, I'm right. Just like I thought, you know, at one point I was right about six and 11. Uh, turns out, he didn't have a breakout season, nothing even approaching that. He didn't get kicked out of any games, but he certainly didn't have a breakout season. So I'm eager to see what his first season in half league defense looks like because I, I still don't think they bring back uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, you know, the contract is less than ideal as a contract. It's not the year that you want to be getting rid of him. But I, I, don't, I don't know how Matt LaFleur feels about him because they were together in Atlanta, and I thought LaFleur really liked him, but I just don't think he looks at – I don't think he looks at what Campbell did and kind of the lack of – seemingly, again, I wasn't in the locker room, so maybe I'm wrong, but it didn't seem like he was a great veteran leader on a team that needed veteran leadership, and that, to me, is problematic. So is, what, what's, what's Walker's best position? Well, that's the other thing. If you're going to play uh, – and again, I understand the outside linebackers become defensive ends in the sub package, but the idea would be for him to, to be a single inside linebacker and flow to the ball. He's got great athleticism. You know, when they, when they ran a four, three, most recently here, you know, AJ Hawk was one of the outside guys and it was Nick Barnett who was in mm-hmm. the middle and moved around and Nick Barnett for whatever shortcomings he had as a player, he moved really well. And so I'd be curious to see um, if, given that similar role uh, in this scheme, if if Quay Walker is able to really flow from sideline to sideline and be a difference maker. All right, talking with Jason Woolley, I said yesterday my dream for the upcoming season is Packers-Jets in the Super Bowl. Packers against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what percentage chance do you think I have of, of getting my wish? 100. <laughs> okay. That's, this is, uh, for those who don't know, this is very similar to when I asked Aaron Rodgers what his favorite movie of all time was, and he said, Back to the Future 3. And I said, well, that's the end of this interview. This yeah, is... I don't, I, I mean, I, I'll say, I'll just say. Is it a long shot? Is it a real long shot? Uh, I don't, I don't I, I, after, after reading that story from the oh, athletic about. Yeah. The problem is the Jets, uh, the given how tough the AFC the is, too. And and just how dysfunctional they are. Yeah, I'm not brimming with confidence that uh, the Jets are a Super Bowl team. But, hey, uh, I, I'll just say this. Because you always want to end our calls with, I'll join that club. Your dream scenario, I'll join that club. I would love yeah. for that to be the case. But I the just, Packers, right now, you'd say the Packers have a better chance of holding up their end of the donkey than the Jets. I'll join that club, too. Yeah. Are you excited about next season? It's not gonna. What? No, I'm. I'm. I'm excited about gymnastics meets and oh. basketball games and volleyball tournaments right now. I'm not thinking about next season. I'm. 
I'm thinking about uh, much more important uh, seasons that are going on right now. I'll I'll think about that season uh, come uh, June. Right. And July. My only tip is if you have a colonoscopy and you have to drink that stuff, drink it at room temperature. It's much easier to do. Uh, no, I had mine a couple of years ago. You're not uh, old enough to need is, one, are you? Are they, they're well, having... so so my so they're having people start earlier, um, oh, and I I I had a, a good friend of mine, and when I say that. It's because Rob Andringa, former Badgers sure. hockey player, made all of us feel like we were really good friends of his. I knew him. One of the greatest uh, high school quarterbacks best. I ever saw play. And one of the greatest humans uh, that I've known, and he passed away from colon cancer several years ago. Uh, and um, uh, he, I'll say this, he probably saved a lot of uh, people's lives because there's probably a lot of guys in his and my age range who went and got colon But that's really, really unlucky to have his situation because they can usually well, catch I, it and you don't normally get it. I mean, how old was he when he got it? 50? 40. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, one I, in a million. I don't think he was 50. All right. I, don't, I, think, it's, I think it's more frequently now. So right. I th- And by the way, I'll ask I my doctor. pristine colon. I just want you to know that. What? Was, that's what my doctor you, I have a pristine colon. Uh, my well, colon is pristine. You know what my doctor so told my me? It's my best side. Nice. You know what my doctor told me? He went to school in Ukraine. And I said, there's no way. He goes, well, what do you mean there's no way? No, what do you mean? You went to school, you went to school in Ukraine. How about that? Would you feel comfortable? I said I didn't feel as comfortable with it. Yeah, but it. how's your colon? Mine's fine. Not as good as yours, but it's fine. Thanks, Jason. That's all that I care about. Yep. All right, Homer, take care. Be good. TVV, Tim Van Vorn. Next. TVV, Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports coming up. Still waiting to see whatever might occur regarding the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just assuming they're going to do something. Nothing has occurred yet. Just I would be shocked. Not that I have any inside information, but just the fact that it's just a discussion about all the different things. I'm not even sure that anybody can know what Doc Rivers wants to do. Um, I'm curious to see how the team plays and what Doc Rivers wants to try to have them do. Certainly get better defensively, but who he's playing, why he's playing these people, it just seems it's all uh, it's all exploratory right now because... He clearly gets it. Nothing matters till the playoffs. Got to figure out by the time the playoffs start. And until then, you can do anything because there's no real risk or cost in doing it because you're going to have one of the better records. And then it's going to depend on what you can do and what you think you need to do for the playoffs. But that's the, that's the first thing I would say to everybody regarding Doc Rivers. He's willing to do anything or try anything for a great deal of the regular season with an incredible experience and knowledge of the playoffs and how many games Tony Smith talked about, how long he feels like he has to try to figure out what to do. And I'm sure he's uh, he's got a lot of that. So should we take a break before TVV or get him on right now? All right, Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. Don't we have some uh, fancy intro music or... The three most important letters in sports. Even better than those. TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. 
Yes, it is. Tim Van Vaughn, Fox 6 Sports. Always start with the Green Bay Packers, but I did mention the Bucks. Uh, TVV, good afternoon. Three-time Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I have to say about people about the Bucks is I, I just assume they're going to do something before the trading deadline. But uh, Doc Rivers has got as much time as he thinks is necessary because all that matters is the playoffs, and he knows how many games he needs to get ready for the playoffs. Take uh, it from well, there. You are... I would I would echo your comments there, Homer. Starting with yes, I definitely expect them to do something. They do something almost every year anyway, and they certainly look like they could use something being done this season. Uh, so I assume John Horst is is going to pull the trigger on something, you know, if not two things, or, or we'll see by tomorrow. Uh, in terms of the way that Doc Rivers is coaching, have you heard a negative word from Doc? I have not. I think his entire deal on coming in here is boosting the confidence you go back to his introductory uh shoot around conversation uh in denver everything was about these guys can play defense these guys are high intelligent uh, uh high basketball iq players these guys know what it takes every comment since then has been something about boosting the confidence getting these guys back mentally i think he's a i don't know if he coached that way in philly boston that was going to be my know. next question or if he just feels that's what this group needs I don't know, but every just just no, you're right. analyze the comments. Everything yes. has been about boosting the the uh, ego of guys who have won a championship. They have what six guys left uh, from that team who won the titles. But it's right. all about boosting them. And he does know they have a uh, they have some games to play with here. They're going to be in the playoffs because of the record they have. So you're right. He's you know Chris Middleton hits the ankle. I say okay, out. I mean he's he's not pushing these guys to the end. He he does see what it takes in an NBA season. He's going to try to have them ready to go in the playoffs. It's a hundred percent obvious. And I don't know. I would ask you. So what? What does he think they need to do? What's uh, What's his answer to the way they can win a championship? We'll see by tomorrow's trade deadline, won't we? I mean, obviously they can't, uh, you know, make seismic changes. Right. But do you think but, he thinks they, the defense has to be better, or? Uh, he started out talking a lot about the defense being better, so I assume he thinks right. the defense needs to be better. I assume that's not it, though. Not everything. You know, I mean, you watch the Bucks. A lot of it right now, based on their roster, to me, looks like matchups. You know, they struggle with yeah. Portland twice because Portland's got all these young, slashing, springy players. That's not who the Bucks match up well with. Right. Then you get them in a different matchup, and, you know, the, the effectiveness of Chris Middleton or Jay Crowder or some of these guys who are deeper in their careers is different. Yeah, I mean... The Bucks are—they're not old, but they have a lot of older players. They're not old, but they're not young and springy and feisty and laying it all out there in December or January against the Portland Trailblazers. That's just not who they are, and I don't think anybody expects them to do that at this stage. And I, I, Doc Rivers um, is not coming in there—you know, riding these guys hard to get out there and do that sort of thing this time of year. He knows better than that. That's that's why you go for. An assistant coach, given the circumstance you are now in, I'm not saying they necessarily had to do that in the offseason, but given the circumstance you're now in, you're not going to make a change to a, another guy who's learning on the job. Doc Rivers has learned plenty on the job. Now he's just trying to have the right touch on this job. To the Packers with TVV next. It, it shouldn't be the last. It should be the first TVV on the Green Bay Packers and all that they've done. What do you want to lead with, uh, TVV? You know, the, obviously, 
you, if you're the Packers, you hope you're right on the defensive slant. That's it. You're changing things. You're changing your coordinator. You've selected the coordinator that you have, uh, and, and things have fallen into place behind him. If that's the right hire, uh, the Packers ought to be set up for a great deal of success. In the you, next, have you uh, learned anything about him? Is there anything you want to pass along? We always look for you for a solid piece of information. What do you got on Jeff Halfley? I like, uh, this is an information that other people don't have, but I like the head coaching background organization. I think, you know, we've, we've seen Packer defensive units sometimes lack that organization and cohesion. And if you had to run a whole program, you had to run, you know, both sides of the ball and make the game time decisions, you have learned how you work best in terms of an organizer. And I think that will uh, show up uh, for Jeff Halfley at the NFL level as a coordinator. So that would be my object, my projection, even though that's not necessarily information. Has anybody said anything to you that caught your attention? Coming in, you mean? Yeah, Somebody, about him. Coming in? You know, just, oh, about him? Yeah. Uh, about him? Uh, you know, the the public comments that you, the public comments basically are in line with what other people have told me uh, off the record or, or privately is that he's a very very uh, attention to detail type guy uh, will not be beaten in preparation you, you know you have to make, you have to have some uh, emotion maybe that's why they're bringing in the linebacker coach from the Dolphins I don't know if maybe Halfley feels that's where he needs a little boost. What I've heard about him is organization, yes. Scheme, yes. Ability to teach, yes. Uh, you know, you heard maybe some questions about uh, the presence in front of the whole team at Austin College or maybe, you know, having to develop that as he got deeper into his head coaching career. So maybe that's why you go get clearly a large personality in your linebackers coach. Why do you think uh, LaFleur picked him? Because I think they work similarly. I think LaFleur is scheme, preparation, uh, you know, I, I, I can I can beat you Monday through Saturday. And I think, you know, I don't think you want somebody totally different than that. I think you want a staff where everybody kind of works their, their own way, and that's the football team you have. You need some guys on Sunday who get everybody fired up to go. I definitely think that that's right. And you need somebody who can, you know, keep that energy um, building toward the weekend during the week. But I think they work similarly. That's what I've heard, you know, and, and – uh, Robert Sala is kind of the, the mm-hmm. connective force here, uh, you know, and, and while it hasn't gone well necessarily as head coach of the Jets, I think Sala certainly enjoys a great reputation in the NFL as, a, as an innovator, as, an, as a defensive communicator, that sort of thing. So I think the pieces all fit together. Like everyone else, certainly didn't see it coming. It was way off the radar, but I can understand why it was a move that LeFleur made. I know it's early. But I've said my dream this year is the Packers and the Jets and Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. It's been brought to my attention that the Jets may have more difficulty uh, holding up their end of the bargain. So I will just defer to you because you're, again, the man of reason. If I'm going too far, to let me. Is it is it too strong to think the Packers could make the Super Bowl? Or is it slow down? They had a great year, but there's no guarantee that it's going to move even stronger. Sometimes it can back I don't What's what's appropriate? What are you feeling about the Green Bay Packers next season this early? Don't, I don't I don't think anybody's going to be saying slow down, Homer. I mean, whether we should be or not, now the But are you? It's on the tracks again. I, I ran some anniversary highlights yesterday, the Packers winning Super Bowl 45, and, and I said it on, on the news, well, of course they'd be back under Aaron Rodgers, right? Of course they would be, Homer, were they? No, uh, no. never once. 
Uh, so should we all take that as caution? Of course. But do you really think anyone's going to put any brakes on this train now? No way. Not with the youth, not with the ascension at the end of the season. The expectations are going to be sky high. All right, and I'll get next week how comfortable you are with those sky-high expectations. <laughs> Tim Van Born, Fox 6 Sports. Before that, Jason Woolley, and yes, someone had 12 on Rain Man. You go to ESPNWisconsin.com and try it as well. As you will. ESPN Wisconsin celebration of National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Lead her forward next.